The church is my safe place, my peace. I take myself and my elderly mother every week. When the COVID lockdowns prevented us from going to church, it was hard for both my mother and me to cope. But the truth is, COVID was not the first time our church was affected by a virus. We've had tough flu seasons, times that did not make the major news because, unfortunately, our community is always affected the most. I can help protect my church by helping others get vaccinated. Unlike COVID, the flu season consistently starts in the fall. I know the best way to prevent the flu from worsening is to get my flu shot and help my mom get the vaccine that is right for her. Preventing the flu means that I get to go to my church uninterrupted. That was wonderful. I think that was a good summary. I almost want to applaud uh, as we as we gather the Faith Health Alliance, who has um, done tremendous, tremendous work in both um, carrying reports related to uh, COVID vaccines and other immunizations, but we've gone further uh, into other areas that really address the needs of our congregations and communities across the country. Welcome everyone to, to my brothers and sisters in Christ who, who join with me and have been a part of a family uh, that has come together uh, for the betterment of our people. And our people are not just culturally those who are blessed with a melanin in their skin, but they're those in need across the country who are vulnerable and who are often voiceless that uh, we are here to serve. So we thank God for this opportunity for us to gather and touch base and and really talk a bit about the things that we have been doing, that we are doing now, and that with God's blessings, uh, we'll do in the future. Uh, as I gather with you, my name is Dr. Terrace King. Uh, my focus has been minority health and my passion since God laid on me several decades ago. I'm, I'm missing my, my, my partner on this journey, uh, Bishop J.L. Carter, who's in the motherland, uh, experiencing hopefully uh, great things with brothers and sisters of another mother. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward with hearing all the great things he has to say uh, when he returns. I'm glad to be with you. And I know if Bishop was here, he has he has taught me and, and, and undergirded my ministry to make sure that whether it's on the agenda or not, we, we look for God's covering in what we do. So God, we do thank you for everything you have done through us and with us to be a blessing to somebody else. We thank you for this opportunity to come together, to encourage one another, to just talk with one another, communicate with one another, and look forward to the vision that you have put inside each of us to continue to help lift those in need. So God, we do thank you and ask you for your covering 
on uh, this gathering. In Jesus' name, we pray amen and amen. Uh, we we come at this time, we, we have introductions set, but there are those, uh, if, if we turn the mic over to the individuals that are on the line, I know how preachers are, we would have nothing but introductions today. We would have nothing but introductions, but on, on your screen as, uh, as listed, those who have uh, put their hands uh, to the plow uh, and who have been recorded by all those outside, not only have I read uh, New York Times articles, but Washington Post articles to talk about the, the work done by uh, pastors of color, black pastors across the color, a country to eliminate the disparities that exist uh, when it comes to mortality, morbidity, and access to COVID vaccines. So everything that was said initially about the great gulf that existed in terms of deaths as related to COVID-19, the work of these individuals listed on the screen, starting with Pastor Boo, uh, Greg Frazier, my brother, Pastor Jose Hopkins, Pastor Charles McNeil, uh, Pastor Scott, uh, Bowens, Good, uh, Pastor George Jr., Pastor Eric Nation, uh, Pastor Slater, Foster, Pastor Harris, God bless you, Bishop McLean, Pastor Radcliffe, thank you, my brother, and, and to Bishop Thomas from across the nation, from, from Ohio, uh, to Florida, to Chicago, we we have covered the nation in a tremendous way to build an infrastructure uh, to address once again the needs of our people. But we haven't done it alone. We've not only been a company of assistance and leadership uh, that God has has sent us. Uh, the type of, of, of angelic assistance that we needed to get the work done. And, and we do thank God uh, for Dr. Laura Lee, who, who uh, I, I go back historically uh, to, to, to John Brown. Uh, I, I love to bring that brother up, uh, a white man who, who gave of his life for the freedom of my people. I, I love I love to 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 lift that name up, and 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 I think it's in the same kind of spirit that Laura Lee has been operating to help our people uh, uh, to reduce the disparities and the inequities and the unequal treatment of our people. So so not only has, has she served as uh, a founder and president of the center for sustainable healthcare quality and equity uh, with the National Minority Quality Forum and Gary Puckering, but she has just been a sister who's walked hand in hand with us. So I, I really look forward now to, to getting the, the kind of state of the nation, if you will, the kind of state of the nation uh, from her in terms of how things are going and, uh, 
what we are up against currently uh, throughout our nation. And we've been we've been hearing of the triple threat, uh, both to our children, flu and COVID, uh, that is devastating the country uh, from from a viral perspective. But just to hear from her where we are and talk about as a unit the things that we have done and where we are going. So so at this point, I want to turn it over to Dr. Hall, and then I'm going to come back and ask a few brief questions. And I know everybody out there, I don't have to push you to talk, but we've got some talkers here. And we're going to have a few questions that we can share with one another just to give those that would see this some perspective of the great work that we have done. Dr. Hall? That was such a gracious introduction, Terrace. Thank you so much. And really, it's my deep honor to work with all of you who are part of the Faith Health Alliance. I'd be remiss if I didn't um, thank and acknowledge Ginny Okachukwa, who is the program manager at um, NMQF SHC, and also the um, team at Vault Lab who have been supporting us in, in our efforts. Uh, so I thank all of you for uh, your help, your participation. I'm just going to give a little bit of background on where we are today and then listen to you all talk about what you're doing, what you want to do, what needs to be done yet. You see here Bishop Carter, who is at, traveling in Tanzania, um, acknowledged that the COVID-19 pandemic, which hit the community so hard, also proved that partnering with trusted individuals and in organizations like Black churches can lead to improved healthcare access and outcomes. And he says, we cannot go backwards. Here's a uh, Reverend King in front of his church, uh, you know, giving statement to what we all know that the church is the trusted voice in communities of colors and is key to promoting sustainable health equity and we need a seat at the table to move that forward. So that's kind of the underpinning, if you will. Our Faith Health Alliance, which is really only a year and a half old, includes 18 black churches around the country from LA to uh, Detroit, to um, Baltimore, to the South. And these leaders in their churches have been able to discern the needs, barriers, opportunities, interests of their congregants in terms of healthcare and health outcomes. They have provided education on a variety of subjects. They've hosted health fairs and vaccine clinics. And you see here uh, the URL where you can go and learn and see what, what they've done, but they are gonna tell you more about their work in a moment. Okay, this is the bad news. I think you all are probably aware of it. Here's this year, these red triangles. This is outpatient visits for flu. And you can see that the rise in the percent of visits is earlier and much higher this, this season. I'm sure you're feeling it, everyone. Here's hospitalizations. Again, here's our orange, this is this year. You see, they've gone up earlier. These previous years, you see the, they are not really going up until January. 
And it looks like they're on a trend to maybe be higher. They had to invent a new color at the CDC to show the high level of activity of flu around the country. Almost everywhere is uh, red or dark purple. Uh, so, and it's still growing. That's what these key points say. The flu is high and is continuing to increase. Okay. There have been 14 pediatric flu deaths reported so far this season. Um, Vivian, maybe you can put on mute. Okay. Thank you. Here's what we estimate so far. There have been 8.7 million flu illnesses in our country, 78,000 hospitalizations, and 4,500 deaths from the flu. That's this year. Oops, I'm sorry. Hospitalization rate is higher than the rate observed in week 47 during every single flu season since 2010. So if it feels like a lot of people have the flu more than you're used to seeing, it's true. And we've seen a doubling of hospitalizations in the last week. Vaccination rates are not keeping pace with the need, they're down. I'm highlighting these data for the end of November, really it's dated from the end of October that show that pregnant persons, um, black non-Hispanic pregnant persons have only 20.6% vac flu vaccination rate. And we know that the flu vaccine helps not only the pregnant mother and is safe for the mother, but protects the, un the, the newborn for the first six months of life before they can actually get their own. This is an important need. This slide just shows you here we're orange for this year. Looks like vaccination rates are lower and slower this year so far. So that's a mismatch when we have a much greater rate of flu and a lower rate of vaccination. This slide, uh, maybe I'll just point to this column right here. This is for last year for the full season. And you could, and it's for really the whole population that can be vaccinated six months and above. 54.6% according to the survey data uh, of white non-Hispanic persons received the flu shot. I mean, that's a terrible number to begin with, but look where our black population and Hispanic population are a good 10 points below. It's been the same story for 10 years. And we actually did a study looking at Medicare fee-for-service data. So everybody who's 65 years and older should absolutely have a flu shot and they should get the a high dose flu vaccination where there's the best evidence that of its being effective for older people. And, and the long and short of this study that was led by um, my good friend, Dr. Mahmoud, is that the most important explanation for the disparity is race and ethnicity, period. It's not how sick you are. It's not how poor you are. It's not how many times you go to the doctor. It's your race. This is not a good thing. And black women have the very lowest rates. 
and so many black women are the caretakers for their whole family. So as a Reverend Dr. King said, we are in the midst of a triple-demic. RSV is hospitalizing our babies all over the country and putting many hospitals in overdrive. Seems to be coming down a little bit now, but still very high. And you know what? COVID's going up all over the country. We see hospitalizations and, and rates going up. So we are truly in a triple-demic. So I'm going to turn my mic off and my video off and hand it back over to Terrace to lead a conversation of our, our church leaders in the Faith Health Alliance about what you're doing and what you want to see done. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Uh, we appreciate uh, the, the update. Can you believe it's, it's only been a, a year and a half? since we uh, started this process. Absolutely unbelievable time has, has, has flown. Um, just in looking at what was just presented to us, we know we, we see uh, the triple threat that we've talked about, at least two out of three of uh, the, the, the part of that triplet uh, issue that we face can be addressed through immunization. I've had in my congregation, and maybe some of you have had as well, um, uh, been faced with the issue with infants uh, facing in their parents the devastation of RSV, and and we have faced that. So I think in the future, for us to be armed with information about what we can tell them short of immunization would be extremely important for us as leaders. So, because they are turning to us now, I know it's my case and I'm sure it's yours, for whatever uh, truth they can find because of this amazing connection that we have with each other and, and with, with Laura Lee and her entire team, which has tentacles out into the healthcare industry. So we we get the latest information and we get the best advice and we're able to arm them with that kind of information. And so as it relates to our babies, which touches all of our hearts, it would be great to have some information uh, there, there as well. So here, here's what I'm gonna do. Instead of holding you in suspense, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to read as I would. I like, I like to give folks all three of my points up front. You know how we walk through the three points, and we may have a poem and a summary at the end. I, I like to just get them all up front. So if the spirit comes in and I don't get to all my points, I can just hit the deck. This is what you do when 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 uh you you have sixty in your rearview mirror and 70 on the dashboard, you hit the deck whenever the Holy Spirit comes into the atmosphere, but you got all the points up front. So I'm going to give you all four of the questions that we're going to talk about now, and we'll go in order, but I, I just want you to note what we're going to try to address. And uh, if, if there's time and there's some other things that we need to go into, we will, but an hour has been allotted. 
and uh, I don't have my normal timekeeper, which is my wife. And my wife stands up. I know it's time for me to sit down, but I will read for you uh, the four questions so you all have it all. Uh, what is your role? And I'm going to go back through this. This is where I'm going to start. What's your role in your congregation in promoting health? Well, so talk about your role a bit. How have you addressed flu vaccination in your church and in your community? So talk about overall health, talk about flu. How has your congregation reacted? Just give some perspective of how they reacted to this role that you had, uh, because you've always been the ambassador, the guardian, if you will, the angel of the house as it relates to the word, but now you are bringing in, and maybe it's an expansion of what many of you already had going. We're not going to go on the assumption that you just began these F extra efforts or these important efforts related to health with us. But we'd like to know how your congregation has reacted to those efforts and or what would help you continue in your health ministry. So in that answer, you, you can bring in some of the challenges that we are yet faced with. And let me, let me say something on that one real quick. I have noticed uh, at least in the Baltimore area and other areas that I'm working in, that it appears now that COVID has subsided to some degree, even though you heard uh, Dr. Hall talk about the elevation of the COVID levels in the country. And this may be a time to return to mask wearing that, that what I've noticed is basically an infrastructure that has rolled up the red carpet of accommodation. Let me let me let me say what I'm talking about, and you all can come over from your own direction. As it relates even to flu, it is really really challenging for us to find and receive without monetary assistance a flu vaccine for our community. But when we were at the height of COVID, the accommodations were everywhere. Flu vaccines, COVID vaccines, every vaccine was free. But there are some things going on now where the same kind of public health and pharmaceutical assistance is now gone. And that is problematic, particularly when you hear the triple threat that Dr. Hall just talked about. So those are our four, those are our four questions. Just note them and start preparing your notes and what you're gonna say right now. I would also ask that none of us try to dominate the conversation, let your brothers and sisters jump in and y'all don't be bashful as, as we have the kickoff, as we have the kickoff with the first question. Uh, uh, what, what, what is your role? What role have you taken on in promoting health in your congregation? So, so you may talk about what it encompasses, and it may be more than COVID vaccine. So let's just talk about it for a moment. Anybody want to jump in and start the dialogue? Please, please do. Anybody, anybody, unmute yourselves. Come on, talk to me. 
Because if you don't, you know I can talk for an hour. I got an hour and a half sermon I can do easy. Come on, y'all talk to me. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. My name is Nicole Slater. And I am the lead pastor at Payne Chapel, Birmingham, um, right here in Alabama. I'm part of the AMI Church, Connectional Church, and that, um, in most cases, works to our advantage, especially in uh, conversations and initiatives such as this, um, because we can lean on the strength of our sister churches um, mm -hmm. and reach the state as a result. Mm -hmm. um, so to answer the question so that I may be brief, um, what is your role? Um, as lead pastor, because of COVID, we've had to make several adjustments to make sure that we keep our congregation um, not only involved, but connected, and so that they still feel that they're part of a church family. Mm. Um, so that led us to develop a strong emphasis on our, our arm of technology and virtual connection and connectivity, and that has worked to our favor um, especially with these health initiatives. And so we have brought in our young adults and um, their resources, their mind share, um, their innovative creativity. And um, it's been just a great relationship. So we have several forms of media activity. I think many of you have may have already been introduced to our YouTube channel, um, our social media platforms. And then we have um, what we call wellness checks with our health ministry. And we do sometimes several of those wellness checks during the worship experience on Sunday mornings. And so um, by involving our congregation, um, folks can look at the screens, you know, and see themselves as they're interviewed. They can see their photos that they send to us and we just pull everybody in. So have we addressed the flu vaccination in our church and community? Absolutely. Um, whatever we do in the community, we started with at church. So our congregants are not exposed to something out in the street before they've had a dose of it inside of the walls of our congregation. Um, because of that, they show up and not only do they help, but they bring folks, they send folks, they call folks and they say, hey, this is what my church is doing. And the response has been overwhelming pride. Um, I don't know if any of you all have um, suffered the taboos of the church. Oh, yeah. Um, especially, you know, that old school mindset that says, pray about it. And that's I all. Know that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and it has killed, it has killed our folks. It has killed generations because folks don't want to take their ailments and their illnesses into the sanctuary, even to lay at the altar. And so by us addressing this stuff as part of our worship experience, as part of our meetings and our engagement, you know, to get a call from pastor and say, hey, we're giving flu shots tomorrow, show up between 11 and 12 and get lunch. Um, they, they come and they can go back to their doctor and say, I had my flu shot and I got it at church. And so some of the initiatives we've done has been to pull in the rest of them. What do I mean by that? We tagged along with um, Lights On After Dark, a Halloween initiative. We found out that our school system made flu shots available for the children. If their parents sign a permission form, every child in the school could get a free flu shot. Wow. That's cool, right? But what wow. about their parents? Their parents weren't available. So when they brought their kids to this after-school Halloween event, we had flu vaccination in the gym, along with the games, along with the food, along with the activities, so the parents could go right over there, sit down, and get a free flu shot. What about that? And so when they see that those types of services are not only available, but we bring them to them, it's it's always a better feeling 
And we have found that those who had COVID vaccines were more eager and more excited about getting the flu vaccine. So our responses have been positive. Um, we gave away turkeys and flu shots. You didn't have to get one, you know, in order to get the other. And we uh, targeted college campuses and that. So um, did I answer the question? Lights on after dark. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm taking notes, sis, and I'm going to contact you about this mind share because I, I'm... My young folk haven't mentioned that to me, but go ahead. I don't want to stop your roll. I don't no, want no, no. Roll. I just want to answer that last question. What yeah, would yeah, help yeah. us? Yeah. Um, yeah. Money. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not saying <laughs> additional resources. Yes. And I'm yeah. not saying that from, from a place of um, being ungrateful. We right. are so grateful for this partnership and for everything that the Faith Health Alliance has done to help us to further um, our work. But in this economy, it's getting harder for us to take ministry monies from the church, you know, to do stuff outside of the doors just because it's taking more to run the church, the water and the gas and the lights, you know. And so if we have additional monies that we can specifically earmark for these types of initiatives, then it'll help us to broaden our reach and to do a little bit more all in the name of love and Jesus. Thank you. You showed up and showed out. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you very, very much. Anyone else want to go ahead and jump in? Let's talk about your role. Hey, Doc, this is uh, Shane Scott, Los Angeles. Thank you uh, so much. Uh, we're in the gated community of Watts. Um, so I, I provide pastoral leadership um, there at Macedonia. And in many cases, I'm looking uh, within the community uh, for leadership. Uh, we have been blessed and privileged to be in partnership with Children's Hospital. Um, our partnership with Children's Hospital started um, a couple of years ago when uh, we were ramping up, when the COVID vaccinations were ramping up. Um, and um, a organization that I sit on the board came to me and said, hey, would you be willing to host, uh, could we use your facility uh, to do vaccinations uh, for our employees. Uh, and my response to them was, absolutely, but it can't just be for your employees. Okay. Uh, it has to be for the parents of uh, the children that you serve. Um, it also has to be uh, for this community, whosoever will let them come. And so uh, over time, I, I think we vaccinated uh, almost about 6,000 people over a certain length of time. Um, and from there, uh, Children's Hospital came to us and said, hey, what else can we do in this community? Um, and I said, well, you know, there's kids never been to the doctor. Let's set up a military style um, health and wellness um, uh, activity. And so we've been doing that. Uh, and it's turned into not just um, vaccinations, flu and pneumonia and uh, COVID, but it's really turned into a health and wellness check uh, for not only children, but also adults. Um, I, I'm like the sister who just spoke. I, I think that resources, I think that, um, uh, and, and not just monetary resources, but I think uh, partnerships and relationships. Um, right. You know, I think that communities like Watts is not a food desert, but it's a health desert. Uh, there are all kinds of disparities. 
I had a few weeks ago, a gentleman uh, collapse while putting together Thanksgiving baskets. Um, it took LA Fire Department 30 minutes to get wow. to him. Come on, uh, man. And an hour, really, to get him from uh, the place where he collapsed to the hospital, which was only a five-minute walk. Lord, have mercy. Uh, so, so disparities, inequities, all of that, I think, uh, feeds into this idea of shots and arms, uh, feeds into this idea of uh, wellness checks. Um, and so, and so we need resources. We need like really on the ground. There's no reason that in a place like Los Angeles with UCLA and Cedar Sinai and Children's Hospital, uh, that black folk and brown folk ought to be dying at the rates in which they're dying. And I know they're dying because I'm in the funeral business, right? Mm -hmm. um, and not only are they dying, but they're dying younger and younger uh, from treatable, preventable diseases. It's about access to quality healthcare. So, I, you know, I know I didn't answer all your questions, but I-, no, I did. no, 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 Dr. Dr. Scott, I, I appreciate it. And I wanna do more with this discussion and others can jump in, then run through some questions because both of you have touched on some key points. And I think that what comes out of this for the viewers, not only on live, but for the viewers of pharmaceutical companies, providers, and payers, I want them to hear the depth of the discussion and the intelligence that you as leaders are bringing to this and the insight. And a couple things I want to comment on that you said about your discussions with the Children's Hospital, that that kind of community-based participatory conversation that you had that turned their objective into a community objective is critically important. Because so often these institutions make an attempt to come into our world and our communities and use us for their agenda and not necessarily for the benefit of our congregations and communities. Yeah. And, and let me and let me just say. And you paused them. And, yeah. and now this this was they came in for good, but you made it even better. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and let me just say that Children's Hospital Los Angeles um, in South LA would yeah. not be the place where people would take their children. I got you, I got you, Doc. Children's Hospital Los Angeles really has served a upper, a, a middle to upper middle class constituency, um, but they are excited now about being able to serve um, in a community like Watts, um, South LA. Um, and I think that we, um, you know, we need to have these conversations all over the country. And particularly as COVID has hit our churches where we have vacant real estate, uh, we ought to be saying to health professionals, That's mental right. health professionals, hey, 
come and use our facility. Come set up shop uh, because nobody else is using it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 there's just a plethora of opportunities that's right. uh, that, that we have. That, that's right. Well, I, I commend you. I commend you on, on, the, on, the, on the brave conversation that uh, you had because uh, too often we as leaders are at awe with institutions that come to us. Yes. We are at awe here in Baltimore. There are too many of us that are at awe when, pastor, when pastors deal with Johns Hopkins. We are at awe, great institution. But hold it. You can't access the people in the way you desire without going through pastors like myself and, and, and Bishop Carter. And knowing the power that you have is extremely important to represent the voiceless. So I, I, I appreciate the things you put on the table and thank you. Thank you for your comments and, and, and your your work. Any, any, anything else you want to add, Doc, before we I, move on to somebody I, else? I just want to say, you know, I'm very hopeful that 2023, uh, this contingency that, that we can come and we could, you know, call Cedar sinai UCLA, Children's, uh, and other hospitals across the nation uh, to a symposium so that we can talk through face to face what our communities need. Um, because I think doing it in a vacuum, um, yeah. you know, I, I was in DC recently with um, Movement is Life uh, and as a bunch of orthopedic doctors. Um, and it was just refreshing to be able to be in the room with these doctors to talk about bone health and what uh, people of color needs as it relates to obesity and new knees and uh, hips and so on and so forth. And I think we could do the same thing yeah. uh, by calling them into a room and really laying out uh, the, the needed or stated agenda. That's absolutely right. And as I, as I move to someone else, I want to go back to another point you made, and both of you made, about resources and in this climate. So, so many of us, everybody uh, on this line other than me was probably born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I wasn't. And I came from an environment with very few resources. And so mom and them would, would barter you know, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't have no sugar, but I got some flour. And, yeah. And 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 no, I, I don't have some flour, but that smell in the refrigerator we can get rid of if I can uh, give you some of this baking soda over here. And so the folks in the community would give what they had, even though that they didn't have the kind of resources. When we mentioned resources, all those pieces asking for money. But what you talked about, if there is a way to get us connections that we don't have, whether it's through uh, providers, whether it's through pharmaceutical, whatever the needs may be that you bring up, if this group and the power in this infrastructure, in this family, in numbers, can bring us some additional 
resources, including money, to this group, that will make us even more effective in the things that we do. And I appreciate you bringing that up. And I'm not bashful at all in dealing with these multi-billion dollar institutions who come in and all they want to do is give me, my congregation and community, cheese crackers and sandwiches and, and don't want to give us any real resources to help our people. And that is insufficient. 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 And boards. That's right. That's absolutely right. And I'll have that uncomfortable moment for the sake of my people. I'll look like the bad guy. So does anyone else want to add uh, for, the, for the questions that we have today about your role in promoting health in your congregation, what you've done in terms of flu, how folk have reacted, or what are your needs? Anybody else jump in for me? Let's just have a conversation today. Sure, I'll jump in. Okay. Uh, one of the things, you know, and very quickly, is that we've been able to create uh, within our church here in D.C. is a, a place of trust and uh, that the people will be able to trust the information that we're providing with them, especially when we're dealing with the homeless uh, uh, residents of uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, we're making sure that, hey, look, this is a place you can come uh, and that you feel comfortable, that you feel safe, the information that we're giving you. Also, we've been able to partner uh, with uh, organizations uh, or, or, or companies like CVS, uh, Edna Health, uh, to be able to uh, make sure that those vaccines are there. And every fourth Sunday uh, uh, is our youth Sunday. So I push that uh, for our young folk to get uh, the uh, shots, uh, the flu shots, uh, not, not just their parents, but they need to get it uh, as well. And then what we do is kind of centered around a, a, a sort of like a little small repast uh, and then the first thing that I do is to make sure that I let them know that I've gotten the shot, that, you know, I've went out and I got all my vaccines. You know, this is what the pastor uh, has done. And then what I'm finding out is that people become more comfortable. And also what we do in the church is that we bought some air purification systems uh, to make sure that whenever they come in, they see those air purification systems and they know that the church has now become uh, a safe haven for them. Oh, that's 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 spot on, Doc. That's spot on. Thank you, Pastor McNeil. Let me let me just say, research speaks to the issue of the importance of leadership's transparency. So when you give your story as it relates to what you have done and even some of the struggles that you may have had from a health perspective that God has taken you through, it does have a tremendous impact on those that you are leading. So, so that is a tidbit that we need to take with us. I also like the fact that you brought into this conversation what you are doing. And I just wanna let you know the impact that it does have on institutions around you as it relates to the homeless. Recently talking to an institution that knows the church can be involved in addressing the issues of the homeless because so often the homeless are overcrowding emergency rooms and preventing people who really need health care from receiving the treatment that they need and deserve. So your, your work is commendable there and you're doing some different things in DC and, and God bless you for the work that you are doing, sir. 
Thank you so much. And just, you know, uh, uh, on those fourth centers, what we do also is we have a nurse uh, to come in and just do blood pressure, diabetes, you know, testing, all those type things as well. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mr. King, may I make my short contribution? A absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. I, thank I was you. looking at the clock because I don't have my timekeeper with me. And I know we have about 15 minutes or so, but I will definitely turn it over to you. Thank you. Macedonia Baptist Church in Watts and uh, the Reverend Dr. Shane B. Scott is my pastor. I'm sometimes referred to him as his guy, and I'm happy to have that title. So what I want to need that. Thank you. Yes, I'm that guy. So my contribution is in, in our work with bringing top level healthcare and COVID vaccines and other vaccines to Watts. I always want to make sure that we check the box with our strategic partners. So we try to bring best in class to Watts, but they're not really aware of the challenges of our community. So my question recently to a major hospital that came to Watts was, if somebody says to you, how do I get a COVID shot? What do you answer? And very you know, with a big heart, he said to me, I would say it's very simple. First of all, you go online. And I said, stop right there. Our people do not have online, you know. And so we spent a lot of time not making the assumption that they know who our people are in our community. And so that's my contribution to it. It's frustrating sometimes, has to be done. We do it with love. And thank you for my time. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that wake up call you gave because everybody is not in terms of automation. And so we, we need to just stop them. And, and there are some folk who just don't even have that available. And so I, I, I appreciate your comments. So I want to get, I want to get one more of the sisters and come on sisters. I want one more of the sisters to jump in because I know I'm coming at the end to, to my good brother in Christ and fraternal brother Hosey, you know we're not going to have a, a session, Brother Hopkins, uh, Pastor Hopkins, without you saying something. I'm not going to have that. So we're going to end with Omega. We're going to end with you now. Yes. But I want one of my sisters to, to, to jump in here uh, while we have an opportunity. All right, Dr. King, I want to jump in real quick. This is Tasha from Providence Church in Chicago. Um, my role a newly appointed uh, health ministry leader. We have not had a health ministry at our church. So mm -hmm. I've jumped in. I've been with Faith Health Alliance. What? It's been over a year now. It's been well over a year. So um, we've had vaccination clinics. Uh, currently, uh, for our Christmas giveaway, which will be on December 20th, we will have uh, the city of Chicago we've partnered with. Mm -hmm. And they will have flu and COVID vaccines. Wow. at our Christmas, our toy and food giveaway. So that's going to be great. Um, the ministry's, you know, uh, responding really positive. Let to me the ask you something right here, sister. Are the flu vaccines costing you? No, it's free. Wow. It's free. Wow. I wish somebody with the, Baltimore. The city of Chicago uh, have some type of program going on and I was able to jump in on it and I got my confirmation two days ago saying that they're going to come out and they're going to provide these vaccines free. Wow. Yeah. They have money. Okay. They can do this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know they have money here, but they don't want to do this stuff. Wow. And, and, but I'm so glad to hear that. 
Yeah. I tried to get them for our Thanksgiving giveaway, but uh, last minute uh, they had to back out because um, they didn't have the staff to do it. Okay. And it was the week of Thanksgiving, so they okay. weren't able. So they promised me for Christmas we are going to get this done. So um, I've also been working with Laura Lee and Chinny and some of the others with uh, the Cook County Health on a diabetes clinic. So wow. with the meeting that I had last month with them, I am partnering with a place called uh, Peer Plus Wellness. And we are going to have, we have an annex that's a, uh, right across from our church. It's a really big banquet facility. I am going to kick off beginning in February, health seminars for the community and for the church. So the first one is going to be about diabetes. So I've gotten a couple of doctors to partner with me and we have a few other people that are gonna come in and speak about diabetes. So that'll be the first one that we do. Um, I have some other things coming up and this is all, and I was telling Laura Lee this a couple of weeks ago, that this is all part of my dissertation. Um, wow, great. Um, yeah, <laughs> so this is helping me. I know where you are, sister. Yeah, so- uh, I'm praying for you, yeah. Thank you, thank yeah. you, I mean yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up, Tasha. I just wanted to acknowledge that a number of you, uh, I mean, I know all of you are doing work on flu vaccination. Um, but a number of you will also be working on colorectal cancer screening including Tasha, um, and we're also developing a proposal for prostate cancer screening, oh. uh, which is very important for um, Black men. You know, they're just not um, kind of where they need to be, um, and diabetes, and we're also working on lupus. So uh, all of you will be working on, a num have opportunities to work on a number of things, and I just wanted to make that clear Beautiful. anything else my sister that's, that's pretty much it um most like everyone else um we need resources we need partnerships so yeah. yes. i'm yes. thankful for the ones that i have and if i get more that's going to be great well one of the things i do know these were great comments and one of the things that i do know in addition to english is the Greek alphabet, and I know it begins with alpha, and it ends with omega, and I can still run through all of those. Hey, come on now, come on and now. Kappa's in between. I, I see you, I see you, I see you. Come on, end this up, end this up, my brother. Come all on, right. That's all right. thank right. God for you. We gotta end it with omega. There um, you go. <laughs> Dr. King, thank you. I, I want to thank Tenny and Lori Lee for their support as a pastor and being busy. You know, I wonder how I was going to undertake all of this and they really make it uh, accessible and easy. And I thank God for them. Uh, recently, we did a uh, healthcare uh, month, uh, awareness month, uh, where we invited uh, Walgreens to come at the end of the month to give flu shots and we gave uh, flyers out letting everybody know and it was a uh, great event to the point where people are asking when are we going to do the next one and so uh, one of the things I've gathered from this 
is first to be creative in how we bring about uh, the issue of uh, addressing these disparities. And then the other is to stay consistent, uh, that we just can't do it one time and be done. Uh, if we're going to be successful with it, it's going to be in the consistency of it. That's absolutely that's all I got. That, that that is absolutely right. I, I want to say that I know from personal experience as well that <laughs> once you start down this road and establish yourself as a community-based church, I want to pause because we know that every church is not a community-based church. Every church does not have a focus on serving both its congregation and its community. Mm -hmm. And once you become that light, that beacon of hope, and in these times, a place of survival, the community then looks to you for consistency. They want you to be there as a place they can come to, to address their need. And so, and so I'm, I'm conscious of the time because I, I can summarize for another 15 minutes, but I thank all of you who have commented and just laid out for us the kind of tremendous things that you are doing. And I, I know some of the great things uh, some of you would have said if, if we had enough time to hear it, I know some of the things, the total spectrum, and this is the last thing I say, the church has a place in every segment of healthcare. I'll say that again. The church has a place in every segment of healthcare. We can add not only additional but improvement to the way things are being done in every segment. If we are added to the equation and if the status quo is not protected and we are given an opportunity as trusted sources to get in there and make a difference or, or the system can continue to do things as they have done them, and they will get the same results that they have continuously gotten, which are deficient, which are unequal, which are disparate, and which show tremendous inequities. And so I commend you once again for the work that you have done. I thank Laura Lee and her entire team for their support. And uh Loyally, I turn it back to you. Is there anything else you would like to add at the conclusion of this? I wish we had another hour because I know every single person on this call is doing important work. And our hope was by having our last meeting of 2022 in a public fashion that others can be inspired and learn from and grow support for your efforts. Um, we will definitely continue to promote what you are doing through our media and social media. Uh, we are staying apprised of it. We will be back in touch with you after the new year. 
and we wish you a most blessed holiday season and thank you with all our hearts. Same to you and thank you. All right now. May Lord Merry watch Christmas, everybody. while we are absent amen. one from another in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. That's how you do it. Bye, <laughs> thank you.